Hello, hello, episode two. Good to be back. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. I know, episode one was Getting fun. Getting closer to the opening day. Exactly, we got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. Now, I'm, I'm a little bit out the loop, so when is the first day of the season? Um, October 16th, so and four what, days what away. And what games do we have? Let's see, uh, Philadelphia at Boston and Oklahoma Ooh. City at Golden State. Oh man, they're packing it. <laughs> those are only two games, but... <laughs> only two games? Those, those are the best games that we could possibly ask for. Yep. <laughs> Nobody else could play. Um, well, that's awesome. I am uh, very excited for that. But I mean, you, you should wanna... be more excited for Dallas at Phoenix the next night. You're a real, you're a real Dallas. I'm fan, a real Dallas you? guy, real Dallas guy. Uh, I can't get on board with you yet. If they prove themselves, maybe I'll, I'll back you up. But for we'll now, see. I'm gonna stay off the, the Dallas train. You'll see. Um, um, well, let's start there. Let's start with our uh, opening day predictions, huh? Okay. I mean, out of the two games, um, we'll start with Philadelphia at Boston. Let's do let's do a fun little thing. Let's uh let's compare starting lineups, right? Okay. Um so let's talk Philly Boston. We got point guards. We got Kyrie Irving versus Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons running point, not Markel Fultz? I don't think so. I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll be they said he was going to continue to run the point. You sure about that? Where does Markel Fultz come into it? I'm pretty sure he was coming off the the bench. I mean, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, Who do they have at the two guard? JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick. That's weird, man. I mean, I guess I can understand it, but how tall is Ben Simmons? I mean, yeah, it does say that it does say that at Boston they're going to run Markel starting. So I I say I guess I'm wrong, but it's just. I, I would much rather start JJ. All right, well, let's solidify. Let's figure out what their lineup is then. You got Markel Fultz. Ben Simmons. You Robert put Ben Pendleton. Simmons at the two? Why wouldn't, you no, put, like, why wouldn't you put uh, JJ Redick? I'm and just then looking put at what I ben found Simmons online. at the three. I'm literally looking at lineups.com. <laughs> All right, but it, say you're. Uh, if I'm the GM. Brett uh, Brown's Brown. still the head coach? Yeah. Shout out Maine. He went to South Portland High School, didn't he? He did, yeah. Very cool. Um, if you're Brett Brown, who are you starting? I, I even okay. So if I'm Brett Brown, I'm not starting Markel just because I don't. I still don't think he's really ready for that. But out of just skill, talent, like a talent alone, um, I guess yeah, you could start him. Uh, you could do Markel and then JJ and then. Robert Covington, and then I would run Ben Simmons at the four. Well, see, then, I've never had any attraction to Robert Covington. I found him such why? a bland player. I find him such a quality 3 and D, exactly what you need in today's NBA type player. I, I, I agree, but if I'm Brett Brown, I go Markel Fultz, J.J. Redick. I mean, plus this is like opening day, so you kind of want to show out a little bit. I mean, I guess. Uh, you um, want, you know, the dudes who are going to make the highlight plays. And I'm putting Mark Helfold's, J.J. Redick, Ben Simmons at the three. Um, Dario? Yeah, Dario Sark at the at the four and Embiid at the five. That seems like a wonderful starting line. How on earth can you tell me that you think that Robert Covington is a boring player, but you enjoy watching Dario Saric? I don't, but I think he... <laughs> I mean, he's better at the four than anyone else. Oh, no. Who do they have a better option at the four? I'm a big fan of running Ben Simmons at the four. So you would run him at the point guard, and then you would also run him at the power forward. That's insane. Yes, that's what a point forward is. So if you run, think about this. Right, but a point forward is never, like, started as the point guard. They just run the offense. So they they still match up with the four. I mean, I guess, but think about it this way. So if you run Markel, you also run uh, Covington and JJ. You definitely have your shooting and Embiid. Then you can run Ben Simmons. You have two playmakers. It's nothing different than running two attacking, uh, like an attacking backcourt with a small forward and a point for point. Uh, sorry, 
a power forward that can shoot, um, except for just kind of switching where they are. Yeah, I guess. I'm just letting um, you know, I ran a, uh, way back in the day, an NBA 2K16 simulation of this. Did you really? And we were, yeah, this exact team, Markel Fultz, J.J. Redick, I predicted in it. 2016, when was Markel Fultz drafted? 2016? Well, no, but I was like, it was running in my league, so I was drafting into the future. Did you invent the player? <laughs> no, people create players, like, um, they create draft classes. Alright, alright. They have draft classes all the way up to, like, LaMelo Ball. I mean, I'm stuck on 20, 2K18, and before that, I had 2K14, I think, so. Yeah. See, I've gotten every year, so I'm, yeah. I'm well-versed. <laughs> um, Regardless, I ran I ran Ben Simmons at my four and Robert Covington. Actually, I had I had Josh Jackson at my three because I made trades or whatever, but um, either way, they're kind of similar right, we're players. getting off track here. Um, we're getting off track. No, I'm saying that I um, ran Ben Simmons at the four, and it worked really well for me. Well, that's also a video game. <laughs> yes, but it's a very realistic one at that. I know it is, but um, let's let's get back to what we think is going to happen on opening day. Okay, so if you're running Mark Helfels versus Kyrie Irving, I think it's pretty clear. Kyrie Irving is the better pick. Markel Fultz is going to dominate the matchup. <laughs> <Shut> the <fuck. laughs> um, I, th- I thought we were in agreement on that. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So then you got number two. You got um, – who are the Celtics running at the two? Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Depending on which oh, one you probably want. probably Hayward, right? It, it depends. I mean, uh, Jalen Brown, I think, 6'6", six, six, and Gordon Hayward, 6'8". Um, all right. Well, who do you think locks up? Um, J.J. Redick better. Wait, say it again? Who do you think locks up J.J. Redick better coming around those screens and um, pretty much just got to play Brown. defense all night? Oh, well, I mean, out of Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward? Yeah. Who? Oh, I guess it's, it's, a, it's a thing where you got to think about who you want wasting more energy on the defensive end than the offense? Jalen Brown. I mean, we talked about this last week, is that he's the one that is on the most, you know, out of their um, of their offensive rotation. You know so what, I though? Th- when I'm watching those preseason games, he seems like he's, he's kind of taking his game to the next level. But it's also preseason. They're kind of meant to specialize on one he's, or two players. But just the way he's... He's moving and the way he's handling the ball. I don't know. I'm I'm excited for. Yeah, no, I think I think he's going to be good. I definitely think he's going to be good. I think. uh, But out of think about this way, would you rather have Kyrie, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, or Gordon Hayward? Which out of those four players, which one would you want to expend the most energy and have less energy to play on offense? Probably Jalen Brown. I agree with you. Exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Say it's Jalen Brown, JJ Redick. Who do you who do you pick in that battle? Uh, in terms of street, you remember stats? that you remember that thing. I don't know if they still do it in two K, but it was like you versus your matchup. Oh yeah, um, and it wasn't like anything specific, but it was just like it was just like a little bar that would go left or right. Yeah, yeah. Who do you yeah. think got the? I'm gonna give it to JJ Redick. And why? Give me an explanation. I think I think I think Jalen Brown's better. I just think that um, I think JJ Redick will have a more direct impact on. Um, are we even sure that he's starting? Because I don't know. The line. I mean, yeah, well, even if he is, um, he'll have a more direct impact on the game than Jalen will. He's more. He's more uh, crucial to their offense. I do agree with that. Um. um I think I bet again. I think Jalen's a better player. I just don't think he he gets as much. I mean, if JJ Reddick's you know going off hitting seven threes, it's way more valuable than Jalen getting fourteen points. <laughs> I do agree with that. I just um, I don't see Let's him going say, off for seven threes in the first game. But I know. Let's just say that. I mean, if Mark, I mean, because there's also the option of running Ben Simmons at the point. <clears throat> Markel at the two, Robert Covington at the three, Dario at the four, and Joel at the five. You were so who do you run at the two? Markel. 
Uh, well, then either way, he gets bodied by Gordon or Jalen Brown. Okay. Well, I mean, in the case, let's think about it this way: Ben Simmons or Kyrie Irving. Who's got the better game? Kyrie Irving. You think Kyrie Irving can stop Ben Simmons? I don't think on the defensive end, not at all. But they're well, not going to—they're think... not going to just play it like, oh, they're both playing the one, so they got to defend each other. They're just going to put Jalen Brown on Ben Simmons. That's true. But would you rather have twenty-three, three and six from Kyrie, or eighteen, eight and nine from Ben Simmons? I don't give a fuck. Who it just matters who's winning the game. That's fair. I think that kind of that position kind of equals it out if that's the matchup. Because um, they're both going to do really well, so it's not a matter. It's it's very even. Um, all right, let's get to the three. Um, you said they. Robert Covington, I think, is going to. Robert there Covington. Way. All right. Uh, Robert Covington. What is it? Jason Tatum or? I guess yeah. We're okay. assuming that Jason Tatum's going to run the three and Gordon Hayward's going to run the four. This is this is too tough. I think we need to back up and just say, well, who's got the better starting lineup? The Celtics. That's easy. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Who do you got? The Celtics. Hopefully. You got the Celtics? I mean, I'm going to root for the Celtics just because, you know, I'm from the Northeast, so. Yeah, but so is Philadelphia. <laughs> Well, not as much as Boston. Philadelphia is like two states down. I understand that, but not as much as Boston. Grew up on Boston. As much as you didn't think that I enjoyed (coughs) watching the Celtics. (coughs) I did. And uh, I'll support them. Um, So what about you? I'm going to go Celtics. I think it's going to be a real tight game. I think it's going to be real scrappy, too. I think there might be... A few, few little, you know, fights. Pushes not, and... not fights, but you know, yeah. You saying Markel Fultz is gonna uh, get in a fight with uh, Marcus Smart? Marcus Smart is gonna fight anybody who looks at him wrong. <laughs> You're definitely right about that. Um, um, let's so give let's me, give me, take give me a, a quick, wait. Give me a quick score proje- projection. Um, they're both really solid defensively. Yeah, so you think it's going to be like a low-scoring game? I think it'll be around the 90s. I think it'll be like 98-90 Celtics. All right. I'll go somewhere in the range of like 93-88. to 80, 88. All right. So, yeah, relatively same page. Yeah. Um, before we get to the next game, let's jump to the topic of uh, we're talking about Marcus Smart. What do you think about the uh, – the no little scuffle. brawl he had with J.R. Smith, and <laughs> following that, following that, the interview where he says, uh, "J.R. Smith me, knows me, where I'm, I'm at." at. Um, what do you think of that? Who who are you picking a fight? <laughs> um, it's uh, I want to say Marcus Smart just because of you know he's an intimidating dude, but like I just part of me thinks that J.R. Smith would not hesitate to kill you, <laughs> like. Part of me just thinks, you don't I think mean, so. Marcus Smart has... If he's wielded with a bottle no, of I th- Henny. <laughs> I, th- I think about it this way. Like, I feel like if they if they were in a fight, like Marcus Smart would at least be like, I'm a good player on a good team, but J.R. Smith would just be like, I can just go all in, bro. I don't even care. <laughs> Wait, you think he's just at the end of um, his line and doesn't... doesn't matter No, anymore? but I feel like he, he's such a... He, he's such a... Like a He's he's a pretty, he's a savage dude that he he wouldn't care to go all in to win in a fight. Yeah, I can see that, but I can see well, that being, um, Marcus that being Smart said, with that attitude I mean, that nobody kicks my ass, you know. Yeah, um, he definitely grew up in a tough situation. He's got he's got fighting instincts in him, but he also is known for flopping, so. Um, that is true, but that's, that's part of the game. That's not part of, that's just trying to get calls. A real tough guy, you you know, theoretically wouldn't do that. I've never seen J.R. Smith flop. I mean, maybe I have, but not as much as that's, that's a little bit. That's a little uh, bit, yeah. uh, Um, all right, yeah. I mean, in the end, I'll take I'll take Marcus just because he did look 
very scary in that when he was going after <laughs> he him. did look scary um, um but at the same time jr smith was kind of just laughing so that also gives me an element of like he doesn't even think that he doesn't Marcus even think Mark that Marcus stands him. a chance yeah um, um all right one quick thing still on the topic of the celtics that i'm reading about right now um players are we at the end or not um of players putting team over money are we at the end um, of i'm reading here team? that the the end or not because i'm reading here um i'm sure you heard that Kyrie told the team that he um, regardless of the money, wants to be with the Celtics. Um, and I'm reading here that Terry Rozier is also saying the same thing. I um, think, but from a lot of other cases, we saw players not feel the same way. I think it's an element of um, it has to do with the player. Um, I, mean, I know that's kind of uh, open-ended, but um, you know, players like we talked about it last week with Russ and players like, I don't know, DeMar DeRozan, who wanted to be in Toronto. Um, players like that, I mean, there's still, you know, good souls out there who want to be in on the team for the team in, in the city. But there's also players who don't really care and, you know, just want the money and um, doesn't really care where it is. Um, what do you think so are th- the biggest elements of a player feeling that kind of like, I don't want to leave this place? It's the, well, one, I, it's winning. I think Kyrie, if the Celtics weren't doing good, wouldn't say the same thing. And, but they haven't won. But they're, they're, they're very much on the peak of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very uh, what about a guy like Russ who... What about a guy like Russ where, you know, they're not really they're, – they're in the playoffs every year, but it's not like everybody's like, okay, see. Yeah, I know, but they – he's he has Paul George. I mean, he has a good team. So he's going to – He does. I mean, if he was running it back with Carmelo, I don't think he'd be so happy. But I think um, it has to do with – his connection to the the city, you know, he kind of spent his whole career there, but he also got the most money he could. So it kind of cancels out the idea of chasing money because he's going to get the most money there and he likes the city. He's not necessarily in a bad situation either. Oh, not at all. Um, I think it's, it was kind of like Kyrie in, in Cleveland where, yeah, he was in a good situation, but, you know, he wanted something different. I don't think Russ wants anything different. He wants a team that's going to just revolve around him. <laughs> um, how much do you think that getting that first ring um, changes that perspective? Oh, it definitely. Because I feel like after you get your first ring, like you can kind of go do Once you get that first anything. ring, do you, you really feel anywhere. like you need to leave as much? What do you mean? Like once you get that first ring, do you feel like regardless of the situation? I mean, it's got to be well, a good it, situation. Is it, the, but is, it, is it with the team you spent your whole career with? Yeah, so you got that ring. Like Russ got. When did when did OKC win? OKC never won. They never won. No, remember they lost to Miami in 2012. James Harden and they AD? did. They did. Um, yeah, they never won. All right. Well then. So why KD went to the Warriors. So what do you think? What do you think are the biggest factors keeping Russ? I think well, one he got his absurdly large contract, and two, um, I think he's one of like the reals though. He the realist. He just kind of he likes being in OKC. I think he just likes being there. That's one of the few guys I could really see not leaving. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that too. I, I'm just like, I wonder like if you broke it down into like a pie chart, right? You know, how much of it is the yeah. upper management? How much of it is your team? How much of it is the fans? How much of it is, yeah. you know, the, well, I mean, the living if environment? We're talking about upper, if we're talking about 
if we're talking about upper management, let's just transition right to Jimmy Butler. All right, let's talk to Jimmy that Butler. Entire situation, that entire situation is just terrible. We got a quote from Kevin Garnett saying that the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves are a shit show right now. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> they very much are. Um, I think. All right, so l- walk everybody through what's going on because the from the last I heard, Jimmy Butler called a players only meeting, correct? Yeah, so basically it started out, Jimmy Butler went to the front office a couple weeks back, told them they didn't want to be there, um, told him, told them he didn't want to be there, um, and then told them he wasn't going to play the first games of the season, and then went to a practice a couple of nights ago, um, or afternoons ago, and basically took some of the third string guys, went out and beat the starters, <laughs> then in the middle of the game, turned right to the GM and yelled that they can't win without him. Um, And there was another part of that quote I can't remember. But basically said all this this stuff, and and then they canceled their next practice. Um, So he called a players-only meeting where he, from what I understand, told them that he was going to play. Um, which I, I not on board with. I think that's a terrible decision on his part. But um, yeah, he basically told him he was going to play, and so it looks like a trade deal is kind of off the table for now. Which is sad for me as a Miami fan because I really wanted him. <laughs> um, do you think Jimmy Butler has this kind of clout? Uh, what do you mean in that? You think he? has performed enough to be kind of calling the shots like this. I think Do you think that <coughs> when he, you know, eventually gets that that trade, <coughs> you know, are people really going to give up? Is it is he going to become a DeMarcus Cousins? In what way? That he, he's just like known for his bad attitude. Um I think part of it, he's already thought of like that, but I don't, um, in terms of the clout question, I think he has that because he's, he, he's technically the most experienced on a team uh, that has no experience. And so I think by default, he's kind of you know the leader. But I think if he was on a team like the Warriors or like the Lakers, um, he wouldn't have nearly as much of... An ability to be a dick. <laughs> so you think it's just the situation he's in. If he were to yeah. go to a place like the Lakers or, you know, he oh, wouldn't I don't want to say Miami, he would not have really the, have. Well, he. I mean, in Miami, he would. He would wouldn't have the ability to do that because they just. It's a lot more of a democracy there. So you think it, it? It's only because he's playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, yeah, he was kind of put in that position when he got traded there that he had to be the leader of them. Like, if he goes to Miami, he doesn't have to be the leader of anybody. He just has to do what he does. But why didn't we hear about any of this attitude in Chicago? Why didn't, you know, what time? You mean when things were good or when things were bad? Both. I mean, there was never any, like, Jimmy Butler's, you know... He was, he just seemed like a quiet. He seemed well, like because a quiet most, Leonard. Well, because most of the team around him, was, when he was on the Derrick Rose team, those were very similar guys to him. They're not like the Minnesota guys, like Cat and Jeff Teague and Andrew Wiggins. Um, Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah were the same style of player, where they just wanted to win. So that's why he didn't. He was happy there, and then when all they all left, he was left with. Um, you know, I love Dwayne Wade, but an older Dwayne Wade, um, Cameron Payne, um, Rajon Rondo, uh, Robin Lopez, and those weren't his type of guys. So you started to see some of it then. That's why he got traded, um, or part of why he got traded. But but what does this type of stuff do to a player's future? Well, you know, when what a team is looking at this guy and they're like. You know, what if something something happens and he's not happy? 
Um, is it worth signing this guy for five years if in two years he's just going to, you know, pull this shit again? Yeah, um, it's definitely a risk, but at the same time, you had to take that risk on Kawhi Leonard because um, people thought he would do the same thing. Yeah. But, I mean, if he's that good of a talent, you have um, to take that risk. Do you think there are risks worth taking is what I'm asking? Do I think you're it's a, a risk worth taking? Yeah. And are you willing to give up less because of the attitude issues? Well, did you hear about the Pat Riley comment to Tom Thibodeau? He called him a motherfucker? Yeah. So basically what happened is they had a deal in place um, for Jimmy. And then at the last minute, Thibodeau like, came back and said he wanted more assets. So Pat Riley called him a motherfucker and then hung up the phone. <laughs> because I Damn, think I think Pat Riley so knows that he, no, because Pat Riley knows that they've been dealing like this for weeks now, and it's not fair Thibodeau to start asking for more when he's not in a position to do so. Well, I know when I saw that proposed deal, I I didn't think that was enough. A Jimmy Butler caliber player, and again, this is Jimmy Butler if he's happy and playing at his peak. Oh, I'm assuming that if he was in Miami, he would be happy and playing at his peak because that's what Miami does to people. I think your Miami goggles are no. It's been well bit. documented that Miami has put their players in the best shape of their lives, and players enjoy playing there. I'll take your word for it. Um, but either way, um, I I don't I I think it is a risk. But I mean, if you can, it's a risk you have to take. And going back to that trade of Josh Richardson and Bam Adebayo, I think we would overpay for Jimmy Butler in that case. You think? And a first round pick, I what definitely if, think that's a Jimmy overpay. Butler gets happy. What if Jimmy Butler's happy in Miami and starts playing like the Jimmy Butler we know he can be? Uh, well, that's you think definitely... you're still overpaying for him? Well, it's kind of giving up our future for five years of Jimmy Butler. and It's like, do you want to give up... Do you think Jimmy Butler can get you anywhere but middle, middle of the pack? Well, we're, we're middle of the pack right now. So I think he'll bring do us up to the top Jimmy Butler can get... Do you think Jimmy Butler can take anyone? Is he a player um, like LeBron that can take anyone to the top? Yeah. Um. No, not anyone. I think the right fit he could. It's interesting. I just I don't think we've seen enough Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler came into his peak of stardom like maybe two uh, years ago and hasn't proven enough to... Well, he was on a bad Chicago team, and he was on a bad Minnesota team. That's another team. thing, is when you're on a bad team, you can be a star. You know, there's dudes like... You can be a star, but it's rare that you'll be able to call carry somebody. Out, but, you know, you can carry the Sacramento Kings if you're, you know... You can carry the no. Sacramento Kings, but probably couldn't carry um, OKC. I don't know. No, DeMarcus couldn't carry the Kings because they weren't good. He could but I'm saying carry you the can, Pelicans because they had them. But you can be, you can be a star player on the Kings and maybe not be a star on OKC. Yeah, but I don't really get what you're going, where you're going with this. I mean, yeah, um, players can be star players on bad teams. Doesn't mean they're going to lead them to anything because stats don't mean wins. Right, but Jimmy Butler kind of emerged as a star after. The whole Derrick Rose era. He emerged on a bad Chicago team. Well, he was his first All Star was in 2014. That's when I think Derrick Rose was, really? that was his last year. Yeah. Okay. So, but that that proves my point. Like as the the Bulls are fading, um, Jimmy Butler's emerging as a star. So, do you think he he puts up the same numbers? on a team full of other stars. Well, I mean, he put up 22 points a game with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins on his team. 
About how they do. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying he can put up the stats. I'm not saying necessarily he can lead to wins. So, let's just get to where do we see how 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 long do we see Jimmy Butler in a Minnesota Timberwolves, and where do we see him going this year? If not, if anywhere, he. As a Miami fan, I want him to play out the season and then sign with us in the offseason. But I believe that he won't play past the All-Star break. And where do you see him going? And I firmly believe he's going. I see, I see, him, I see him going to Miami. I see it happening. I think things will fizzle and he they'll drop their asking price and Pat Riley will jump right, on Give it. me two other, two other options that are good fits for Jimmy Butler. Um... I think his preferred trade destinations were Sacramento, Brooklyn, and the Clippers. So I could see the Clippers being does, one. Why does Jimmy I also heard that Houston play for these shit teams? Well, in that case, it would just be for the money because they can offer him a ton of money being in the big market and all. See, if I see something like that as a GM, I'm I'm not putting anything up for him. Well, I mean, obviously either, he hasn't said it's that. It's either but. he's in it for the money or he wants a team where he gets all the touches. Well, I think it's it's part of it's both. I mean, if he goes to Brooklyn, it's strictly for and the touches. And I don't touches. think he's a player that can But if he goes to shine that crazy amount, you know, he can't bring you out of Well, I think do you do you what? Do you believe that 24 points a game, six rebounds, and five assists, is that – are those yeah, good I just statistical don't think they're numbers? enough to, to um, really help any team get out of, you know, the middle of the pack. I don't think he's that player. That's interesting. That's fair. Um, all right, let's, let's move on, shall we? Um. Sure. One thing I wanted to ask you about was um, what I'm going to go ahead and say is already the best game winner of the year, Trey Young, pulling up from 38 feet from the G in Georgia Tech to beat You were going to call the best game winner of the year. I don't remember who. In the preseason. What? Are you fucking nuts? You're going to call the best game winner... Of the season in the preseason. Say it. Did you see it, bro? I'm bro, a, did you see it? I'm going to watch this shit right now. Trey Young game winner. It, it was to beat the Spurs. It was a very Trey Young thing to do. A very Trey Young thing to do. He pulled up from literally... Pulled up from literally the tr- the G in Georgia Tech. I don't that that's cool. I see what you're saying, but that's not an impressive game winner to me. That's these dudes pull that shot 150 times in a practice. I and there's there's no defense I mean, on yes, him. There's no defense it's on him. In a game. You look at and this is this is not just there me. There is a defender. There's right a defender there. six feet away from him. Okay, yeah, but he because they don't expect him to pull that, and he did, which adds to the element of how it's so. Incredible. It's very cool, um, but if you look at something like that Kobe game winner over Dwayne Wade, when he's you know, okay, hurt my feelings. I'm, more. I'm not. <laughs> I no longer give any shits about Kobe. Um, I'm not going to pull that. But you look at the way he's going, you know, across the court, shooting the opposite direction with a defender in his face. I feel like that's infinitely more impressive than a dude just, like, strutting up the court. I'm watching this again. Kind of, he's got a dude five feet away from him, and he just pulls up. It wasn't. 
he wasn't necessarily flashy, but I believe that it it takes a lot of balls and a lot of skill. Oh, it takes a lot of balls for sure. Um, and for a rookie, and is is one of his first games to pull. Yeah, that it's and impressive. Make it, I I don't think you can call that the game winner of the year yet. <laughs> It's going to be for a while in my look until somebody tops it. <laughs> until somebody tops it. Um, yeah. And that, I think that's going to come very soon. Well, I think it's hard to top unless there's, an, unless there's a, something along those lines, like a Steph versus the Thunder two years ago or something like that. I don't know. I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with the amount of game winners we're going to have this year. That's fair. I'll give it to you. Follow-up question. Do you think that the trade on draft night for Luka Doncic for Trey Young, um, did the Mavericks or the Hawks win that trade? Um, to be honest, I don't know much about both of them. I know Trey Young a little bit. Um, I've never... I don't know. I get I get more excited about European players. Um, because they just, they see basketball in a different way. Um, yeah, but there's also not been many European basketball players that have succeeded. Yeah, but it's like, I think there's a, a higher potential with Luka Doncic than there is Trey Young. Um, that's fair. I'll give it to you. And correct me if I'm wrong, so but Luka Doncic is a very trade. a lot a a big point guard, is he not? Yeah, he's a so six, seven. and Trey Young, he's how six, big eight, is actually. Trey Young? Uh, six two. Yeah, I see a much, especially with the way that the NBA is going with you know size and length. I see Luka Doncic having a much higher upside. I don't know if he'll fulfill it. Like you said, you know, European players, you know, you can look at, um, <laughs> fuck was that? That first pick. Which one? That one that was like, oh, was it um, Darko Milicic? No, well, he was, Darko, no, he was a third pick. He was a second pick. Um, Andre Bargnani. Andre Bargnani, had a couple good years. I'm not going to hate on Andrea Bargnani. Um, Andrea Bargnani. It might have been Darko Milicic that I'm thinking of. But Jan um, Vesely? No. <laughs> um, I mean, there have been good, a lot of good European players. but I Anthony Bennett? No, not a European player. Um, <laughs> he was French, wasn't he? Foreign, though. No, he was Canadian. Um, well, uh, an international player. Um, That's what I was thinking. Yeah, so for me, I think I think Luka Doncic has a, a higher upside. I mean, I'm more excited to watch him than I am to watch Trey Young. I'll say that. That's right. I'll give it to you. Oh man, there was one thing I really wanted to talk about, but I kind of just oh, the award, the award prediction, the award prediction. No, there was one thing before that. The award um, I think I think that's how we the, can end the episode. But there was one thing that happened. Yeah, talk about something else because I'm <laughs> not finding it. Not finding it. Okay. Um, I think something interesting to talk about is Anthony Davis, and he switched his uh, his management this year. People Ooh. speculate he's going to go to the Lakers. Who did he switch his management um, to? He switched his management to LeBron's agent. Oh, oh, well, I mean... Rich Paul. Clutch Sports. That could just be a money thing. Yeah, but, I mean, DeMarcus is gone in New Orleans. He spent his whole career here, so it kind of ties back to that question of, do you think that... For Anthony Davis, it's worth it to stick it out versus cut it loose. Um, I don't know. It's tough because I have never really heard 
Um, Anthony Davis being in those talks of, you know, the best player in the league, even though he puts up insane really, numbers. Because I'm hearing it a lot lately. I'm hearing it a lot lately. Really? Yeah, I've heard it a lot lately. I always see him floated around as, like, you know, a great player, yeah, but I have not heard things that he is... I don't think he's someone that people would be like, oh, he ruined his legacy, because I don't think he has built... I mean, he's never going to get there with New Orleans. Um, yeah. So... I don't think him going and being like a Kevin Durant and joining a good team would ruin anything. For Kevin Durant, it was like he was so close, you know? Um, Thank you for that, but no, it's not that. Um, For he was so close, uh, and then he just goes to the team that beat him. I think that was the big thing. Um, it was kind of just like giving up, but it's like Anthony Davis has never had that kind of like, oh, he's about to get there with New Orleans. Um, so, yeah, I if that happened, I would I would see that as just like almost like Demarcus joining the Warriors. It's not as big of a deal. Okay, that's fair. Does does adding Anthony Davis to the Lakers <clears throat> make them a top three seed? Uh, not right now. You got to add one more piece. Okay. Um, that's interesting. Well, um. I don't know. I think, you know, it really depends. I It really depends the kind of years that Lonzo and Brandon Ingram have. I predict big ones, but yeah. Um, if they start playing, like, you know, really nice pieces next to LeBron, um, and then you add Anthony Davis, I think, yeah, they can, they can compete. Okay. Did you think about your other topic yet? Damn, I, I, it was like right on my mind, and it was right as on my mind as I was watching this Trey Young. Was it video? JaVale McGee's new song? No, but we should talk about that. Um, what's what's with NBA players rapping? <laughs> it's a side hustle. Um, a side hustle, as in for money or no, for clout. <laughs> Um, because there's like a good correlation between NBA and rap music. So, I mean, NBA players and rappers hang out all the time. They rap about each other or they rap about NBA players and NBA players take pictures with rappers all the time. What was that thing that said, uh, like rappers want to be ballers, ballers want to be rappers. Um, yeah, something like that. I know what you're talking about. Um, no, I, I agree that there's a huge correlation. I just think, um, I don't, it's always going to be a negative in my mind once a a baller starts rapping. Um, it's always just going to be like, ah, come on, man. Like, I, I get why you want to do it. And like, you know, let's look at Damian Lillard and be like, yeah, he can rap, but it's like, uh, it. You wouldn't have any of the following. Nobody would listen to your raps if you were not in the NBA, is what I'm trying to say. That's true. That's fair. Um, let's not like get if you're just a far r- down this hole. Yeah. We can rip all the players we want, but no benefit. Let's close this out with the award prediction. All right. Um, okay. MVP. You list them off, I'll give you mine. MVP, I am going to go James Harden. Yeah, I'm going to go Chetty Osman. (laughs) 
you really think? predicting a big breakout year in, in the No, in actually I want to change I want to change I want to change my answer to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, so you're picking up where you left off last episode. Yes, I I am a big fan of the dude who is Oh, <laughs> this is my topic. Here we go. This is just a minor thing, but What's this guy's name that can dunk from the ground? Oh, Boban. What's his What's his full name? Boban Marjanovic. Wow, that dude can dunk from the ground. He's seven foot seven. How do you Just stop a guy like that? What do you five. What do you do with a guy like that? Because well, he can't do anything else. <laughs> I like. But how do you, that's, that is mind-blowing to me, and I don't want to go any further into it, other than that's just going to be awesome yeah, to watch it this is year. Pretty, it's pretty insane. But yeah, dude, um, Duncan from the ground, I mean, I just watch him catch so you, the ball and just put it in. So you're saying that Boban Marjanovic is your MVP prediction? I think he's my rookie of the year. He's not even a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why have like I never years. heard his name before? Why yeah, have I never heard this guy's anything. name who's dunking from the ground? <laughs> uh, there's never, like, they never the caught point. a video of that? No, there's been plenty of videos. I don't know, of man. You just haven't noticed them. Maybe most improved if he just starts doing that on the regular. Okay, um, Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year, I... I think, um, what's that dude's name from the Cavs? Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton. Is interesting. Um, I think Luka Doncic is interesting. I do want to go with Luka Doncic because um, I was watching a little bit of his yeah, highlights from the that. preseason. I think that's my safe bet. He's he's got a real interesting game, and I like I it. I agree. And when Dallas, you know, surprises everybody and hits the ace seed, I'm telling you, maybe he'll <laughs> win MVP too. You can keep dreaming. I, I'm gonna have to watch it before I get on board. I'm not okay, a believer sixth man yet. Of the year. Sixth man of the year. Well, it's gonna be one of those Celtics dudes. No, I'm taking Tyreek Evans. Tyreek Evans. Yep. Going back to last episode, I take Tyreek Evans. I'm the, gonna go the thirty-nine-year-old the 39 Tyreek Evans. I'm gonna go whether it be Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, one of those dudes. Whoever is sat it's on not, the bench. It's not Marcus Smart or Terry Rozier. Ooh, or Terry. It's gonna be from someone from the Celtics. I will say that. I disagree. Um, following up, Coach of the Year. Coach of the year, it's got to go to Brad Stevens. And I know this sounds like I'm just being a dickhead Celtics fan, but, I mean, come on. The fact that nobody voted for him last year was absurd. If anything, they're going to give it to him just from a guilt trip. That's fair. I mean, I'm going to take Rick Carlisle of the Dallas Mavericks. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know what attracts you to the Dallas Mavericks, but... (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'll take um, either Boston, if they do really well, or if Miami gets Jimmy Butler and they do really well, then I'm taking Eric Spolstra because I believe he deserves it and he has deserved it. That's interesting. Real interesting. Um... Um, or if or if the right. Lakers do really well, I can see Luke Walton getting consideration. I can like see Luke Walton. Too, I also don't know if he's Luke always will be there past the All Star break. So you think? You don't know. I think he's but a good talk, fit for them. I don't know. We can talk about that next time. That's true. We'll we'll save it. Um, other awards. Um, there is the Defensive Player of the Year. Defensive player of the year, I I could see that going to Anthony Davis. Okay. Um, you don't see Kawhi making a comeback? 
It it really depends on how much he wants to be there, how much he wants to be in Toronto, um, yeah. and where his efforts gonna. Because in a comeback year, you you know he's gonna be so focused on proving he's an all star offensive player. I don't know how much that's gonna yeah. hinder his defense. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give it to Rudy Gobert again. I think he did win it this year. Maybe Hassan yeah, Whiteside too. Yeah, if he can commit to it, then yeah, I can see it. Maybe I think DeAndre it's going to be a big guy. Yeah, I really think maybe, it's going to be a big. Maybe Luka Doncic. Maybe Dennis Giannis. Smith. Maybe Giannis. Maybe, maybe anybody on the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, um, Dorian it, most improved. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, easy. Yeah, I think that's in the bag. Um, uh, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum for sure. Jalen Brown, another Dennis candidate. Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer um, Dinwiddie, that's a good one. Um, maybe Lonzo Ball. Maybe Brandon Ingram. Those are dudes who could have breakout years next to next to LeBron. Yeah, um, it's a good one. Yeah, those are my Brandon Ingram's a big big one. Yeah, I agree with those. Those are my picks. All right, we're coming we up on an hour here, so I think we should... No, that was it. All so right. So I think we should um, wrap this up. Yeah, well, this... Yeah, talked a lot about a, th- about a lot of things today. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun. Once again, enjoy this. Once again, I am glad we are, we are talking NBA again. The season is coming. It's coming. It's going to be fast and hot and heavy. Hot and heavy. <laughs> Not how I describe NBA games, but you never uh, know. Yeah. When when Marcus right. fart, or when Marcus fights Jr., it'll be you'll you'll understand. <laughs> that then we can call it hot and heavy. <clears throat> All um, right. You can follow us on 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 Twitter if you want to. Oh, we have a Twitter. We oh no, we both have Twitters. Oh, you can follow us individually on Twitter. Me at at Ben's Been Dead, and you at and I don't know Miles Thompson two four. All right, and um, all right, we will see. Yeah, you next go week. follow our go follow our SoundCloud. Yep, our SoundCloud. What, what's the uh, app sure for the SoundCloud? Rate us on iTunes as well. Uh, Bickering Basketball Brothers, I believe. Bickering Basketball Brothers. Brothers. Go give us that follow. I think. Um, check out last week's episode and we will see you next week. Bye.